welcome not as your individual church, but welcome as the body of Christ. Amen. It just so happened that we are meeting here, but we are still the body of Christ. And isn't that amazing how we can do this? How a community can, can gather together. First start off at Shannon Oaks, then go to Davis Street, and ending up here at the way. So no matter where you go to church, welcome tonight. Welcome. May God bless you richly and go with you throughout this next year. May you know God tonight. May you know that God sent his son, his only son, that we could celebrate life. Amen. It says in Isaiah 9, 6, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Can I get an amen at that? Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. And God, this verse is not a typical Christmas verse, but oh God, how John 3.16 resonates in our spirit every Christmas that for you so loved us that you gave your one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so God, we thank you tonight for the precious gift of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you that as we bring in Christmas together, we're not so worried about the presence, but we're thankful for your presence tonight as we gather together. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. You can be seated this evening. I want to say welcome to the uh, wrap-up service. I don't want to say the finishing of Advent Conspiracy because I believe the things that we've done is going to carry on in the future for uh, years to come. And we've created great memories and had a profound impact on this community and the lives of people. But as we're in this midnight Christmas service, I want to say thank you so much for keeping your kids up late. I'm sure they really didn't mind. And thank you so much for staying up late. But bringing in Christmas together as the body of Christ. Tonight you're going to hear from several of the ministers of all three churches. Uh, we're going to read just the Christmas story. And we're going to go through that tonight. And we're going to share a little bit of personal testimony or what God's spoken to us about the particular scripture that we read. But then here in a little bit, we're going to give you the opportunity to stand up and give a 30 second to one minute testimony of something amazing God may have done in your life in this past year. Maybe he's restored a relationship. Maybe he's healed you of a particular disease. Maybe he's done something amazing in your finances that you just want to give him praise for. You know, I believe the greatest gift we can give our Savior is not just so much our tithes and our offerings and things like that, but a testimony that's powerful about how we've had a personal experience with the power of God in our life. I want to read to you tonight out of Matthew chapter number one and verse number 18. And the Bible says this, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. Mary was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph was her husband and a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place um, to fulfill what was the Lord had spoken through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, 
which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But they had no union together until she gave birth to a son and they gave him the name Jesus. As I read that particular story and I think of what's coming up in the year 2014 for every particular individual here, I'm praying this for every person in this room and every church represented here and all of our members that we would hear from God differently than we ever have. Joseph, as he was laying there and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, he had never been spoken to by Almighty God like that before. I'm praying this year that we hear from God in a different way than we ever have before. And he tells us something that is so far beyond our imagination, Eric, it takes faith to accomplish it. Amen? It takes faith to achieve it. And I believe this with all my heart that the Bible is true from beginning to end. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. But God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So I'm going to ask you to seek God in the year 2014 and to hear from Him like you've never heard from Him before and watch what God reveals to you about your life and about how you can personally go and change the world. As we begin to sing this next song, I want to invite you to stand with us tonight as we go to the Lord in worship. And the worship team leads us tonight. If you would, go ahead and stand. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother Thank you. 
You may be seated. In Luke chapter 1, it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The greeting, the, excuse me, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and check this out, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the, Holy One, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who, who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Let me just say that one more time. For, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it, may it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. As I read that passage, Man, I am reminded of this right here. God is powerful. Can I please get an amen to that? God is powerful. And listen, absolutely. I'm reminded of, in my life of, of, of times that I, I've doubted and times that I have uh, lacked faith. And, and, and I read about Mary right here. I, I read about her faith. And I read about this angel coming to her and saying, look, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Families, let me just say something. This is a this is a time uh, for Jesus, and, and let me just say this: allow the Holy Spirit to over, overshadow you even tonight and tomorrow morning when you're around your uh, your family and you're opening presents around your tree and in your, in your living rooms. Can we do that? Amen. Let's worship through music. The name of this song is Hallelujah. Light has come, and it's written from the perspective of Mary. So just imagine, as a mother, she stands over the Savior of the world. Does she know? Or does she just want her child to be a child? A Savior is born. Hallelujah, light has come.
Amen. In the book of Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I love that passage um, in Luke chapter 2, but specifically in, in verse uh, 10, where it, the angels appear to the shepherds in the fields, out outside the community, outside the walls of the city, and they appear to them in the middle of the night as they're tending to the sheep, and, and the, the Lord shone so bright as the angels made that announcement to them that it says that the shepherds were terrified. And the first words out of the mouths of the angels were, do not fear. Do not fear. I bring you good news that will cause great joy among all the people. As Pastor Joel said just a few minutes ago, as we, as we not just come together tonight to celebrate Christmas and celebrate love and light of Christ, as we wind down the year of 2013 and look ahead to 2014, I don't know where you are in your life right now and tonight as we wind down this calendar year, but as you look ahead to where God is taking you, to where He is taking you to the next step in your walk with Him, I, I want to challenge you to do not fear, to do not be afraid, because as the angels appear to the shepherds on the hillside, there is good news that will cause great joy among all the people. I don't think that Christmas has lost its good news, amen? 
tonight as we look ahead to the future and whatever whatever it is maybe it's a small next step maybe it's a large step maybe advent conspiracy has brought you to a place in your walk with the lord maybe you've you've surrendered your finances in a way that you've never done before and surrendering that to the lord leaves you in a place really of uncertainty just absolutely trusting him beyond what you can see and know today maybe you come to your your point in your walk with him and you've you've surrendered your presence you've been more willing than ever to just give your life to the Lord and, and, and just follow wherever he wants to lead you beyond tonight in this season of Christmas and and part of that is is scary it's uncertain but tonight I want to challenge each of us to to hold on to the reality that on Christmas 2013 years ago Jesus Christ came and this the announcement then was do not be afraid I bring you good news that will cause great joy among all the people that same news is for you and I tonight as we look ahead and as we trust the Lord because Emmanuel God with us is reason enough not to fear the one who created the heavens before the foundations of the earth and who knew your name and my name and how many hairs were going to be on our head and we look ahead and we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Tonight, there is good news that will cause great joy, not just for you, but for all people. In John chapter one, the author says, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. As Pastor Joel said just a few minutes ago as we kicked off the, the service tonight, we're going to go into a time of testimony, personal testimony after this next song where you guys have an opportunity to share what God has done in the darkness of your world, in, 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 in the life that you have lived in this past year, 2013. And if you feel like the Lord is, is leading you to share that with the rest of the body of Christ tonight, in just a few minutes as Jeff and, and Damon step up and take the microphones, if the Lord has put something on your heart to share with the rest of this body tonight, I'm going to encourage you to stand where you are and, and just and, and take 30 to 60 seconds, no more than that. We want to keep it brief and respect everyone's time tonight. Uh, but just offer that testimony of what the Lord has done to bring light into darkness through your world or what he has done to, to create and grow your life life in your walk with him as we look ahead to what's beyond tonight. Uh, so as we continue in this time of worship, uh, I invite you to prepare your hearts uh, to not just to continue to worship tonight in, in song and in music, but also to worship in praising to the Lord of, of what he has done through the lives of his people. If you would go ahead and stand. Let us know this song. Away in a manger.
Amen. Well, y'all can be seated tonight. As, as we kick, kick this time of testimony off, it's really just a, a blessing to see the body of Christ meet in the middle of the night, you know, to, to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. And as we kick this off, I'd like to give a little personal testimony. My wife and I, about four or five years ago, really started believing God to set us free in the area of finances because we knew that God had greater things in store for us, and we couldn't do those things that he wanted us to do being bound up with those things. And so over the past year, God has enabled us by his grace and his mercy and sometimes slapping us on the hand and saying, don't do that, to um, eliminate over $1,100 a month in debt out of our finances. And so it's just a glory and honor to him. And he just really revealed to, to me just in the last couple of days that, you know, when he does something like this, it's not just to say, oh, praise the Lord, I don't have to spend all this money. It's because he's got bigger purposes and plans to use us in the future. And so I really believe that 2014, not just for us, but for the body of Christ as a whole, is a year where we begin to see our faith become sight. I really do feel like God is going to begin to do a whole lot of things, you know, in this community. He's already been doing those things, but we're going to be to not just see us gather as a, as, a, as a corporate body, but go out and see these things that we've been believing for and expecting and reading about in the Bible begin to take place. And that faith, those things we believe in, is really going to begin to propel, and we're going to see things become, come to fruition that we never thought we would ever see. But we know that times are near, and we know that we're really approaching the second advent of Christ, where we're expecting him to return very soon. And, and he's going to need a lot of his people to be set free in a lot of ways to go forth and do things that are going to initiate and be, welcome him back for the second coming. So I really encourage you on that. I know a lot of people are believing the same thing. They're in that same place to where we want to go forth and see God set us free, not just financially, but every way. Keep believing God for that because he wants to put you in a place where he's able to use you more readily. So like Pastor Eric just told us, um, we're on open this up for everyone to um, give a testimony if, you, if you'd like to, but we do ask you to keep it between 30 seconds and a minute so that everyone that wants to testify has a chance to. Um, it's not preach fest Christmas Eve. You know, it's let's glorify God and keep, and keep on going. Let somebody else glorify him as well because, like I say, in the wilds of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So we give everybody a chance. But So if you would, um, if you do want to testify, just please stand up. Damon or I will bring you a mic, and um, we can get you, let everybody get started testifying to what God's done in their life this year. Amen. As, as we get some people standing up, um, I, I'm, I'm a lot like Eric. I, I'm, I'm, I really want to encourage us because, you know, that, that is the thing about this past year. It is what? It is the past. And so the, as the wise men looked at this star, there are going to be times where we become like lost. The trees got too big. They might have went down in a valley, and, and all of a sudden they looked around and couldn't find the star. The star didn't move. The star didn't move. And so our goals and our visions and our callings have not moved, church. Our environment may have clouded it up. The clouds might have came over it. We might have walked into a forest. The things around us may be hiding it, but that never moved, correct? And so that's the year that, that I am proclaiming on my family that's the year I'm proclaiming on our churches. Amen. Y'all with me? I suffer from clinical depression. And I was on medication, but then everything was going okay in my life, so I decided I didn't need it anymore. And I'd often reached the edge and had looked down into the pit, but I'd never actually slid down it. But this time, I went all the way down. And I experienced depression like I had never experienced it before. I had anxiety attacks, and I, I was still managed to function, but I, was, I felt terrible. And I had gone to the Lord, and I had, and I had picked out um, 
parts of the scripture to confess, and I kept confessing that, and, and God uh, was, uh, every morning would give me an encouragement through the Holy Spirit to keep going. And then I realized that he was, he told me that he was refining me as silver, and he had me in the crucible. And I had a choice. I could stay where I was and let God do his refining work, or I could jump out, in which case God would probably have to do that all over again at a later time. And I decided that since I was already in the fire, it would be senseless to jump out. So I stayed, I decided, and I told God that I was going to stay where I was, and I wanted him to do a complete work in me. So, and I wanted a closer walk with him. And that's exactly what happened. As soon as I resigned myself to being where God wanted me to be, the depression lifted. I went back on the medication, and I know I have to stay on that. And maybe God will heal me one day. Maybe he won't. That doesn't matter. What the thing is that God and I have a closer walk together than we have ever had. Recently, I was in a uh, car accident, and uh, me and the concrete barrier had a personal connection in the middle of the interstate. Um, God had his hand all over that accident. My son was not wearing a seatbelt, and the airbags didn't deploy. And as I look over, and my son's side of the car was going for the concrete barrier, First, he's hollering, oh God, and I think, God, please, not him. He came away with just a bump on the head. God that catch, had his hand over that accident from the moment it started to take place because it could have been so much worse. My car was totaled. But not only that, he healed me. I was not planning on coming to church that Sunday, and I did. And I broke down with Joel because I kept playing over that scenario over and over in my head and could not get past it. Joel said, that's not of God. He said, when you start playing that scenario, you stop and you praise the Lord for what he had done, not sit on what could have happened or keep replaying that. It only took a couple of times for me to take that advice and put it into motion that I no longer were breaking down. But that could have been so much worse, but God, I called out to him. And if that's not proof that when you call out to God when you need him, that he won't be there, then there is nothing that's not proof. Because that moment when I called out, he had his hand on it. My son could have been severely injured. He was the first one to go into that concrete barrier. I come out with some bumps and bruises, but we both walked away immediately. But that's just, that is God's taking care of us. He's there for you whenever you call on him. Uh. Uh, I've been to this service for the past two years, and honestly, tonight, uh, uh, at the end of last semester, uh, I was having a hard time. I was probably going to flunk out of college. I 
just pretty much given up. So I decided to drink at knowing that I have a disease that I can't drink and would cause me to go to the hospital and cause a lot of pain on my family, but I didn't care. I just, I was done. I just had a lot of pressure and just pretty much gave up and said to hell with it. But going to the hospital, uh, about the sixth day there, I had a random CT just to diagnose uh, a random problem that I've had four times in the past two years. They found an aneurysm in my stomach and I was rushed to Dallas and they were able to take care of that. So now I just, this holiday season, I'm just thankful for more time that I was given just to experience things that I wouldn't have got to have. And no matter how deep you get and how much you want to just give up, just really spoke to me this year that I just, there's no hole that you're down too deep in to get out because there's always, there's always a message there. And mine was just to keep going because I'm not done doing what I need to do on this earth. I'd been gone from the uh, from the area for about 17 years, and the uh, first part of this year, I was able to uh, have the opportunity to come back. And uh, my mother had been uh, homebound, unable to get out of the house uh, from a spinal injury uh, for about six months before I came. And she's uh, a few months after I got here, she was able to well within a few weeks, she was able to get up and start walking around. And uh, she's been actually driving ever since February now and uh, she's able to, she had missed church for about six months because she was unable to get out of the house and uh, now she's back in her in her church and um, playing the piano and, and, and able to serve God again and uh, now I'm, I stayed here I found a career here uh, that I absolutely love and I'm able to uh, build the local church and be part of uh, be part of the, the kingdom like I've never been able to be a part of it before and uh, I've never been more excited about serving the local church Um, well, for the people that go to the way, um, my grandma, Tony Baker, had had six strokes within the past six months. And um, at first she was bound to a wheelchair and um, they had surgery after surgery after surgery and they told us that it probably went bad so she took us all on a family vacation to the beach because she was scared she wasn't going to get another <laughs> summer. And um, she told me Sunday, she said, I don't want my walker anymore. And um, as some of y'all saw, she walked in without it. And I asked her why, and she said, because I want people to know that God has the power to heal, and he had the power, he would, he could, and he did heal me from those strokes. So. Pastor Joel, will y'all give God one more hand clap of praise, amen. standing amazed every year at the power of God and what he can do when we just say, God, I need you like I've never needed you before. And as I read this verse of scripture, I'm going to, when I get done, I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Eric and uh, the worship pastor of Davis Street, Bradley Edge up here. And Dustin, thank you, their student ministries pastor for the wonderful words he said a minute ago. And we just want to take a, about 30 seconds each and tell you what Advent Conspiracy has meant to us as pastors and to us as our church and say thank you guys so much for believing in a dream that was absolutely crazy to a lot of people that three churches all completely different could come together for one cause for the month of Christmas nonetheless 
and see amazing things happen. It's almost as far-fetched as this part of Scripture that I, wanted, that I want to read to you. And it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, Where is the Christ who is to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what was written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for this child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they, heard the king, and after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. They opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of gifts of incense, and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And as I read this story year after year, I was driving to church this past Sunday morning and I began to just pray about, God, tell me something amazing. And God revealed just to me this thing right here about the story. The wise men were two years away, two years away from their king, two years away from seeing Jesus, two years away. And immediately God quickened in my spirit and he said, Joel, no one is too far off for me to reach. The wise men were two years away. That seems so far off. I'm going to tell you tonight, if you're in this room, you're not too far away from God tonight for him to reach you. You're not too far away. I'm not sure what's going on in every one of your lives. I don't know how good or how bad your family situation is. It's not too far off for the hand of God to reach. As we hear amazing testimonies all tonight about how God's healed people, about how he's, how he's set them free, how he's changed financial situations, you're not too far off either. And some of you are thinking, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not one of those people. These guys were people far off from the east. They weren't one of the people either. But I want you to know, you're not too far off tonight. The family that you're going to hang out with tomorrow, I want to challenge you to look at them differently because they're not too far away from the hand of God either. In fact, tomorrow, God may be using you to be his hand to reach somebody in your family who feels that they're too far off, who may feel intimidated by you that you're the good church person in your family, that you're the one who goes to church all the time. You even went to church tonight at midnight. Shows how dedicated you are. I'm going to challenge you tonight that tomorrow when you go look at your family and you look them in the eyes and you walk in those doors and you bring gifts and everything, I want you to look at them differently. Look at them the way Jesus does, realizing that they're not too far off. They may be two years away from coming to know Christ, but they're not too far off. So you don't give up on them because God hasn't given up on them. And Pastor Eric, if you want to come, and Bradley, if you want to come, I want to just tell you the thing that has meant the most to me about Advent Conspiracy. And I'm going to brag on Pastor Eric and Pastor Andy, even though he's not here, he's with his family and praying he's having a great time right now and praying he's really missing me and Eric right now is what I'm really hoping. What I have loved more than anything is Eric and Andy throughout this process. I've loved it and I've loved getting to know them and I've loved developing a friendship with them. And when we get together, it's, it's not church stuff as usual, man. It's fun. 
And by you saw, you probably saw the video that we did where Eric slammed me into a wall on a cart, and then he threw me on the ground playing basketball. And really, you beat me up that day, man. That's brutal. I'm telling you, I like that. But the most amazing thing has been Eric and Andy throughout this process, hands down. And I've loved getting to know them. And I want to say thank you to Davis Street Baptist Church and to Shannon Oaks Church for letting me hang out with your pastor. You are blessed to have the pastors that you have. And I've enjoyed thoroughly getting to know them. And one of the most amazing things that I've heard, Eric, throughout this whole process is this. The churches have noticed that we genuinely like each other. You know? Uh, uh, and I know that sounds funny, but a lot of times pastors get together and they're like, okay, they're getting together to do just a service because it's the politically correct thing to do for churches to get together sometime. But people have come to me and said, you know, there's a neat chemistry between our three churches. There's a fire between our three churches. There's something awesome. And this is what everybody has said who's talked to us about this. What's the next thing we're doing? Our answer is we don't know yet. We're figuring that out. But that's been what's supposed to be an amazing thing to me. It's been refreshing hanging out with you guys. It's been refreshing hanging out with Davis Street Baptist Church and Shannon Oaks Church. And I want to say thank you guys for blessing me this Advent conspiracy. Hey Amen. I love the body of Christ. Don't you guys? Pastor Joel <clears throat> Bradley. Um, is representation of Davis Street. Man, I tell you what, Advent Conspiracy uh, from the eyes of Shannon Oaks Church, the guys, I just want to tell you, this is just the beginning, and you, you touched on that just a minute ago. Um, I was blown away at the uh, the Give More, the, the, the December 15th when we gathered at Davis Street. I was just absolutely blown away because Joel and Andy and I, we thought we had set our sights high, and you guys... Uh, through the power of the Lord Jesus showed up in a big way. You responded in a big way. And that tells us something as pastors. As we lead uh, where God wants us to go in these three different churches in this community, uh, we're going we're gonna to set our sights, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to double or triple or, or quadruple that because God is going to show up bigger than we can ever ask or imagine him to show up. And we're really excited because this is uh, Advent Conspiracy, as you touched on at the beginning of tonight. It, it's not over tonight. This, this, is, this is just the beginning. The conspiracy is not over. This is, this is not just um, uh, an opportunity to flip Christmas upside down in the month of December. This is an opportunity to flip Christmas upside down January through December, year after year after year. We're going to worship fully. We're going to spend less. We're going to give more. And we're going to love all as we continue to exist as churches. This isn't just a mode and a, a mentality of Christmas. This is, this is life for the body of Christ. And I'm excited. And I love you guys. and so grateful to be a part of this tonight. Just a quick testimony of, of how exactly how um, Advent Conspiracy flipped the church upside down and flipped Christmas upside down. Um, I've been a part of a lot of services where the pastor or minister would stand up and say, hey, we've got a family that's in need, and so we're going to take a special offering, or we're going to stand at the back doors, and you drop some money in a bucket when you leave. Um, and that's all well and good, and praise God for that. Um, but what happened in, in Davis Street, and I'm sure in your churches as well, is some folks came forward and just said, hey, Andy, here's some money. Find somewhere to use it. Go find a family that needs it. Um, go bless somebody. Um, you know, surely you can do that. So we were in staff meeting a couple of weeks ago, and Andy looked at us and said, we've got some money we have to spend. Like, we've got to find you know, somebody to go spend it on. And it, we were equipped to do what we're supposed to do. Um, as a church, we were able to go out and find people. So it, as God would, would do and, and show off like he does, that exact day my wife called and, and just said, hey, I, I know of a single mom who needs some help. She you know, can't buy Christmas. She's struggling paying bills. 
And so I said, Andy, hey, I know somebody. So I'm not, I don't like to shop a whole lot. Um, it's just not my thing. Um, but one, when you go shopping for somebody else, and two, when you're spending somebody else's money, it turns out to be a lot of fun. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I had a black, the mom, we took the mom, you know, and, you know, with money that, that people had given and said, go and do this. And, and we're able to just go. And she was being very frugal. And I was like, no, get this. And she's got a little boy. So I'm throwing Nerf guns in there and just, um, so we were just able to bless her and see how God worked. And she is, she is unchurched. Um, and so, you know, we're getting to reach out to her in this. This morning we were driving to Melissa's parents to, to um, have Christmas with them, and my wife, you know, starts crying like she does all the time, and <laughs> she's not here tonight, so I can say that, and you can all tell her what I said. But she got this text message um, this morning from the girl that we were able to, to go and bless. It says, "I just wanted to tell you in the church, uh, thank you again. I feel that God sent you guys to me. You have no idea how thankful I am." Not only have my kids been blessed with a great Christmas, but all I wanted was to see them happy and be able to pay my bills and to provide Christmas. And because of y'all's help, I was able to do that. I hope you have a great Christmas and a happy new year. Um, and so simply because some people got the idea about give more um, and just came to Andy and, and said, here, go find a way to do this. We were equipped to do what we were called to do. Um, we didn't have to go and, and call the deacons or call the elders and say, hey, we have a need. Can you guys help us get some money together? We just got to go and find people to spend money on. Um, and it, what a blessing it was for us to be a part of that um, and to see that. And as Eric said, um, I'm going to challenge you maybe a little boldly tonight. Give your pastors money. Uh, give your pastors time. Give your pastors your service so that they don't have to go and find some way to meet a need. It's already there. And they can just, we can, as pastors, can go. Um, and do what the body of Christ has been called to do. Amen. Well, I want to invite everybody to stand with us as we go into this last song. And when we're done, Mitch, I'll close us in prayer and bless us as we leave. But we're going to end on a high note tonight with this fast song. So stand up and we'll clap a little bit and let's lead us in worship. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Y'all give God one good hand clap of praise tonight.
Amen. Well, I want to wish everyone here a Merry Christmas. It is 1228. I'm sorry we went 12 minutes over. And so we're going to close in prayer tonight. But as we close in prayer, I want to do it a little bit different. I want to just do it the Bible way and say this. As the scripture says, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine brightly upon you, and the Lord give you 